Hi, this is Takatoshi Shibayama, host of the Future Design Podcast. In this COVID-19 special, I had a chat with my friend Eric Sabaris, who's a manager of teams that holds crypto and blockchain conferences in Asia. And he's also a host of the podcast called Chain Talk that deep dives into the esoteric world of crypto. They recently hosted a large virtual conference spanning five days, and he describes to us how to set up virtual events as social distancing will be the norm for the time being. Design podcast. So you guys moved on to doing webinars during this COVID situation because of not being able to hold physical meetings or you know, face-to-face meetings. How is that webinar uh, shaping up? Uh, it's all, yeah, I mean, it's actually the, the event itself has grown into much more than I was thinking. Because um, so basically what happened was once the um, COVID situation kind of grew and grew, we had our um, annual Teams blockchain summit was scheduled in April, end of April. So obviously we had to postpone it. Um, so then we were kind of thinking, okay, what can we do? Because, you know, we had sponsors for the event. We had speakers booked. Like Things were, I mean, we were two months out at the time. So um we were kind of thinking, okay, what can we do? And I'm sure there was a lot of event companies, media companies thinking the same thing at the time. And obviously virtual events was a great solution uh, for the problem. And luckily I had uh, some experience doing virtual events in the past because I, luck of the draw, I had done one about maybe three, four years ago with like another company I was with. Um, So I had gone through kind of like a, a mini course, like online course about how to set everything up and kind of like just all the little things that you wouldn't think of um, doing it. Because, I mean, it can kind of seem like maybe something pretty simple to set up, but then there's always these little issues that come up, especially when you're dealing with technology, time time zones, you know, people from all over the world, different languages, etc. Um, so uh, I had kind of like a background with it. The one that I had done three, four years ago was in the trading space. So we basically brought in a whole bunch of different traders um, to basically talk about their strategies and kind of like um, maybe how they view the market, um, different things like that. Um, so I kind of had an idea on how to set everything up. Um, the, the major difference was that the one I had done before was all on demand. We didn't do any live stuff because at the time, I mean, live obviously was a big deal, but it wasn't as big of a deal as, as it is now. I mean, now every social media platform has a live component, and that's probably the one thing that's driving a lot of the users. Um, so obviously, we wanted to do live with this. So that was um, kind of a major thing. And that's kind of been the learning process for me this time around was just incorporating the live aspect into it, managing the the time zones and the scheduling and what platform we're going to use. Uh, etc. So uh, yeah, I mean, we we set this thing up. I thought maybe we would get twenty to thirty speakers, you know, maybe a couple sponsors. Um, but this thing has, you know, blown up. Now we're like almost at sixty speakers, and you know, kind of targeting the crypto blockchain space. And uh, the the speaking lineup has been crazy. So it, like, it's really good. So um, yeah, I'm super happy about it, and uh, I'm excited for for the event to happen. Teams is a was one is one of the largest uh, blockchain events in Japan, right? And and for you guys to take this online and and do these uh, virtual live streams, 
it must have been you know, a huge undertaking for you guys. Uh, can you take us through the process of how you line up the speakers, um, cho uh, also choosing platforms, et cetera? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so um, in terms of the speakers, we had, um, I guess, we had some speakers already booked for our live presentation. So those were basically the, the first people that we had asked um, if they wanted to kind of join the event. Um, and then, I mean, just through like the network that everyone on the team, I mean, we're a team of about 10, 11 people. Um, so everyone's kind of built up their own network. So right away, the thing is, is like when we're doing a live event, you know, there's certain people who are just like a lot of speakers, they want to come to it. You know, who want, who doesn't want to come to Tokyo and learn about cryptocurrency and blockchain and speak on stage and, you know, meet some incredible people. Like everyone wants to do that, but sometimes the timing doesn't line up. Sometimes the travel doesn't line up. You know, there's so many different things that can, that can happen. So, um, I mean, with this, it's like, it's just so simple, right? Like literally you can make time for a virtual event. You know, you're, you're literally in your own home or whatever it is. So, I mean, the speaker's aspect was actually super easy. And once we started to get um, some big names, um, eventually we ended up uh, finally getting uh, CZ to, to come on. We've been trying to get him to come to our live event, but the scheduling had just had never matched up. And we only have one shot for that when you're doing a live event, if you're doing it annually. So with this, um, we were, we got lucky and uh, he accepted to, to come on as uh, kind of like our headline speaker. And we were probably, when he came on, maybe about like in the 20s, 20 to 30 speakers. And then, you know, once he came on, everyone, you know, a lot more speakers wanted to join, obviously. Um, so that, that really helped us. Um, so, yeah, from the speaker's point of view, uh, was great. What kind of platforms do you use? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, we decided to do with the the in person event. We do it through like the Teams brand. Um, so we also have our Chain Talk brand, which is kind of like a media platform. Um, so I've been doing, I've been running a podcast through it. Um, we've been doing some news and uh, some different things. So we decided to do the virtual event uh, through this platform called Chain Talk. So it's called the Crypto Asia Summit. Um, so basically, I mean. All I did was I set up a landing page uh, quickly to basically collect, um, like, to give out free passes. So I think, like, there's two ways to kind of set up a virtual event. You can kind of, when you're setting up kind of the web the website, you can you can set up a, like, with just a one landing page where you're sending traffic to that landing page, giving out the free ticket, um, presenting all the information, all the speakers, what they're, like, what they're going to talk about, um, all this different stuff. Um, you can include this, the sponsor logos, also the media that are involved or the different partners. Um, and then the, the goal of this landing page, you know, there's no menu on it. The, the only goal of this landing page is to get people to sign up for a free pass, people that are want, are interested in the event. So obviously um, you're growing your email list um, with this, which is awesome because what business doesn't want to grow their email list, right? Um, now the, and then after they sign up, then they go to the thank you page, which could be, say, an upgrade to an all-access pass if you want to, say, charge for a ticket. Um, and an all-access pass would basically... So with a free pass, what we did was we were giving everyone access to each presentation for five days. That's another great thing about a virtual event is when the presentation is done, there's you can still, like, say, if, if I'm in Mexico and it was on, say, a Japanese time zone... You know, I can wake up and then the presentation is still available for me. I can watch it now. Whereas a live event, you just don't have that that option unless maybe someone's recording it. But usually the recording never comes out that great. 
so that's a good thing about the virtual event is time zones don't matter like it really closes borders it, it brings you know the obviously globalization it makes everything kind of closer together i guess so it's the way the world is moving so um that's kind of a really uh really good aspect about it um so yeah, so then you can basically with an all access pass, you can give them lifetime membership to every presentation and base put that behind some sort of membership uh, website, which is very easy to set up in WordPress. You can just kind of get a membership plugin. Um, you restrict access to people who have an account, so you can sell. You can also make money off uh, off a ticket as well, like that. And then you know you just include the different things like the um, schedule. Um, you can have say a, a sponsor section. Um, create maybe virtual booths if you have a good designer that you work with you can create a virtual booths um so just to give like the sponsors something new um or something different something cool that to attract people uh to click so you can set up a virtual booth put the link to their website and then people can click it maybe they include some sort of special promotion um and actually it could probably drive you know a lot more um it could drive some instant revenue for for the sponsor instead of maybe a live event where they have to do a lot more networking and maybe it takes a bit more time to to make things happen to actually get an roi from the event whereas a virtual event it can happen um just like that so basically you want to set up the landing page the thank you page kind of all this stuff um with the live aspect obviously you need to incorporate some sort of um, like a Zoom or a Vimeo live stream. Um, and then if you have on-demand presentations, you're going to need to use something like uh, a Vimeo anyways to upload the video embedded on a page. Um, you can use YouTube if you don't want to pay for, for Vimeo as well. Um, and then you would just wait. What we did was we create a, a page for each speaker. So each speaker has their own individual page. Um, and then you can embed the video, you embed their bio, their name, um, company, all, all their information basically. Um, so, and then once the, you have your schedule, once the event starts, say if um, Taka, your presentation is, you know, May 18th at 9 a.m., uh, maybe five, ten, ten, five to 10 minutes before that, we email that um, presentation, we email it that it's going live out to all the attendees, and now they can come watch it. And we just do that for each presentation. So all the attendees can stay up to date on and, and just be able to to attend it once it happens we incorporate if it a live aspect obviously with zoom you have the live chat function so it's very interactive and then if it's on demand we just put a, a live uh, chat on the page and then once that presentation is now available then the speaker can come in and, and interact with people in the live chat as they're they're watching it and they can kind of come back each day and see like if anyone's commented and and so the, the networking aspect, I mean, you would think like, hey, it's a virtual. How are you going to network with people? But actually, it, it's like an ongoing networking, just like if you were within Facebook, LinkedIn, things like that. The networking kind of just it, it happens and it's actually much easier to connect, you know, instead of maybe handing out a business card, maybe I'll lose the business card. Maybe I get a bunch of business cards and I don't do anything with them. I mean, I do that all the time. With this, it's like instant, right? Hey, you know, I, I met you. I'll add you on LinkedIn right now. Now, now we're we're basically LinkedIn friends forever. So uh, that aspect is uh, is great. Yeah, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of things going on at the same time. So you have these live feeds, you have these chats going, mm -hmm. Zoom calls, um, virtual booths. I mean, you're embedding all this into one web page, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And 
Yeah. And then how, how does that, how do you keep that ongoing? I mean, there's always going to be like some um, technical failures that, you know, probably comes to mind when you're designing these things. Um, what do you do to prevent all, all of this from happening? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, with this one is going to be, so with the, the last one I did, everything was on demand. It was very simple. You know, you get everyone's presentation beforehand and then you're uploading it to Vimeo. And then once the event starts, then you're making everything accessible. Um, when now with this, obviously with the live aspect, if you have say 30 speakers that are doing live presentations and 30 speakers that are doing on-demand presentations, and then two days prior, five presenters who didn't do their on-demand presentation now want to switch to a live presentation. And then you have to set up because there's, if you're doing a live presentation, you have to set up the, the Vimeo webinar. You have to link it to, um, the WordPress, depending on how your, um, kind of doing the, the ticketing aspect of it. So you have to kind of link everything and make sure everyone's aware that this person is now doing live. Hey, you have to go to this, uh, this, this uh, Zoom link. <clears throat> so we've already kind of, we've been starting to get some speakers that want to change from on demand to live. We're still about three weeks out. So it's easier to make the transition. I'm anticipating as we get closer, there's going to be more speakers who just want to do a live presentation now. Um, so that's kind of like one area where just the organization, now you're at 60 speakers trying to make everybody happy. Um, that's one aspect. And then obviously the other aspect is just the technology. I mean, you never know if someone's connection is going to be good, if your connection is going to be good, if your computer freezes because it overheats or whatever. Like there's so many different things when you're dealing with a live aspect that could happen. And you only got really one shot to, to do the presentation when it's live. So that I'm hoping goes smoothly. I mean, nowadays, 9.9 uh, .9 times out of 10, a live presentation is going to go, going to go good. Maybe sometimes it could be a bit choppy here and there, but it is what it is. So um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of uh, with, with the, the technology side, it's just the luck of the draw. Just make sure your end is good. Maybe do a practice run, get on 10 to 15 minutes before with the speaker, make sure their technology is all set up and good. Um, maybe you can give them some type of like email before, like, Hey, make sure, um, that, you know, your connection is strong. Um, you're not really running anything else on your computer at the time that could maybe slow it down. Um, you're plugged in, your computer's fully charged. You're plugged into, uh, uh, um, a charge, uh, charger. Um, so yeah, things like that, I think, uh, I think are good. What kind of technical requirements do you think you need from the other side? I mean, you know, Every, not everybody has this studio size, you know, studio level microphone that you have right now yeah. uh, or webcams that have good, um, you know, kind of visibility. I mean, you know, what is probably like the standards or at least, you know, the the base level of equipments that uh, you require from your uh, speakers? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think like, I mean, most nowadays, like most webcams, like right now I'm using just my Mac webcam. I'm not using any you know, store-bought webcam. So I think usually cameras now are, are really good as long as you have like an updated computer um, are, are very good. This mic I'm using is uh, it's uh, uh, ATR2100. So this is like kind of the standard mic for, for podcasting. <clears throat> so, I mean, I think I bought this maybe for like 40 bucks or something like that. Very simple. I mean, there's tons of different mics you can get for really cheap. So I think like, I mean, audio is just it makes such a difference, you know, like you, when someone's got say just maybe like a, maybe they're using their microphones as opposed to uh, like the mic on their earphones or 
maybe like a, an actual mic mic. I mean, it just makes so much difference. Like the sound aspect to it, I think is good. Um, it doesn't need to be something that you're holding. Like right now I'm just holding this because I'm at my house and I don't have like a stand or anything to, to hold it up. But you can also get one of those where it kind of meets you here or maybe it's like over here, um, something like that. Um, but even sometimes like on the headphones, the mic on the headphones is still still really good. In terms of like the the details of like the actual tech specs, uh, I couldn't get into details like that because I'm not too sure. But uh, I think like, I mean, most standard stuff nowadays is 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 perfectly fine. Yeah, and are there any do not do's kind of thing uh, that you have in mind when you're actually hosting these uh, webinars or or virtual events? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I would say like. Um, obviously, uh, I think the, the best thing to do is to be just as genuine as possible. Um, so like obviously having something prepared, like don't come in, not prepared for the presentation. Like, Hey, I'm just going to wing this. Maybe have like some, a lot of speakers have been asking, Hey, should we do, um, should we use slides? Should we just have like the camera focusing on us? Um, should we do maybe an interview style? I would say have a plan in place. Like, um, have a, if you're going to do a presentation, have your presentation ready, ready to screen share. If you're going to do an interview, have everything ready, maybe like kind of talk to the person a little bit ahead of time, just to make sure you guys are on the same page. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess it kind of depends on what you're trying to, to get across the actual, the other thing too, is don't make it a sales pitch. You know, like a lot of companies love to do the, the sales pitch. I really don't understand that at this point in life. I mean, we know that people don't listen to sales pitches anymore. They shy away from them. You know, you got to give value now. So I've been just trying to tell all the speakers, like, just we, we encourage you to give a, a, a presentation that adds value to someone, teaches them something, maybe shows them something cool. I mean, you can still incorporate your um, uh, your uh, business into it. You know, like, obviously, you have a business um if you're doing something with it. So there's got to be something that you can incorporate into driving value, giving value to the, the, the viewer. I mean, even if you're sponsoring an event, you know, a lot of sponsors, they, because they think, okay, I'm, I'm paying money to sponsor this event. I want to pitch my product. I want people to see what I'm doing, but you have to think of it in a way as how am I going to give value? How am I going to make someone um, understand what I'm doing and want them to try it out? And that's by, showing them how it's going to change their life, how it's going to, you know, give them something, a positive benefit. Um, so I'd say number one thing is, is don't do a, a sales pitch. Make sure your, your technology is, I mean, you got to be professional, make sure your technology is, uh, is all set up good. You got to do the, the, some of the work yourself, like to make sure everything is, is set up correctly. Um, yeah, I'd say those are kind of the, the things. Yeah. we actually, when you're on stage, you're wearing your best, suit or your dress your hair looks mm -hmm. perfect and you have yeah. this big screen behind you i guess in these uh you know these uh online uh webcams i mean it's not like it's going to show everything that you want to project about yourself you're like mm -hmm. in this rectangle and you know your background might not be ideal uh, for you or or for me what i usually say is look into the camera right <laughs> because a lot of the times um you know you're looking at a a um a, a visual of somebody on the other side of the screen, but actually the, the camera is not exactly where 
their faces, right? So you're t- kind of mm-hmm. tending to look up or down or sideways, but you're not looking into the uh, camera. So I think that's that's another thing that I always think is necessary because if you're not looking at the people, I mean, you're, you're losing them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And actually, I never thought about that. That's an excellent point. That's probably yeah. something I should be doing now. I think I'm only looking <laughs> in the corner of it. <laughs> think, think, right? <laughs> Uh, so 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 far um teams had is three months away now you said there was uh 60 speakers and then what uh, and i'm sure the audience size is pretty big as well i mean how many how much preparations uh in terms of time uh and an amount of people do you need to get this thing going yeah, so I mean, it basically for us, it's just uh, our whole team is kind of doing their part. So I've been kind of the managing the whole event um, and just making sure like all the pieces are in place um, and then contributing to, I guess, all aspects. Then we have some people who are just focusing on getting sponsors, some people who are focusing on the, the speaker side of things in the media, all our partners. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're we're like a team of 10. I would say like maybe five or six of us are really f- uh, kind of contributing um, to to the event right now, like on a daily basis. And then some may- people may be here and there. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't really take much work. The one that I had done three, three, four years ago, I did it pretty much all by myself. And I had like a partner that was helping me. Um, they, they, they helped me bring like a lot of the attendees. They had a, a pretty big um, network of people so they really helped me just with my reach on that part um so i mean it it really doesn't take much but um if you're going to do it solo obviously this is like kind of the one thing that you need to be focusing on because there's just so many pieces that you have to be controlling especially if you're have like 60 speakers because that's i mean just managing 60 people it can be can be tough yeah and then usually for your own physical events how long does it take how many months in preparations do you need um so we usually start maybe about four or five months out uh for the the physical one um so i mean obviously we have like some experience now so we know okay this is we already know the venue we're going to ahead of time we know basically all the the things we need to do so the, the the process is much quicker they teams had started doing events actually before i was a part of the team um so i'm sure like when they started doing them, I'm not sure how long it took them, but now, you know, a lot of the, the, the pieces are in place for the, the, the physical events. So it doesn't take too much long to set up for the online event. Um, we started it, uh, maybe about two months out, I'd say. Um, and we could have probably done it sooner. I just wanted to be a bit cautious just because this was like our first one doing it together. So I just wanted to make sure it was going to be really good. Everything was in place and we didn't rush. We didn't rush it. So, um, yeah, we we're about about two months out. And also the the most important part I feel about the about physical events is that the net, networking is so much easier because you just bump into people or you can arrange to meet or, or there's a lot of serendipity as well mm-hmm. in these type of uh, online um formats i mean that's that that serendipity part is a little bit difficult to achieve but at the same time you you know when everybody's logging in and chatting you know in 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 one room at the same time maybe there is a way to meet people i mean what is your kind of words of encouragement for people to get on to webinars Mm -hmm. yeah i would say for a virtual event the opposite is is better whereas um like you said like you go to a lot of these blockchain events and you're seeing kind of a lot of the the same people and you know you can you know get closer with them like that by kind of seeing them regularly but with this one it's like you can literally have someone from 
uh, Mexico or someone from Peru and then also maybe someone from India or someone from Russia and they're all in the same chat together. Um, so it's like, I think that aspect is so cool because I love like when kind of like different cultures can come together for like something similar that they enjoy. I think it's just really cool. Um, so I think that aspect of the virtual events is, is awesome. Just being able to um, meet people and then, and the business aspect too. I mean, if, you know, say if you're running a consulting firm and, you know, you have clients now, clients want to, they don't just want to be in one country, right? They want to be in, in several countries. You can meet maybe someone else that's doing the same thing in another country as you and you guys can now start to work together. Hey, I have a client that wants to expand their business into Russia. Now we can work together with them, things like that. So, I mean, I think it, this just opens, opens up, you know, you know, opens up opportunity to meeting much more people because, you know, there's a lot of, especially in crypto blockchain, there's a lot of people interested in the space that aren't able to make it to events, right? Maybe there's not a lot of events that happen in their country or where they're from and they, they're not, they don't want to travel, you know, so far to go to, you know, an event. So this is, gives an opportunity to bring everyone kind of in, in, into one event. At the same time, in, uh, while you're online, you know, there's obviously when you go through Instagram or any of these social media, there's a lot of trolls, who you know write bad comments and I mean how do you how do you control that? Yeah. yeah, I mean that I think just comes down to having like some moderators in the in the groups, making sure um, making sure that none of that is acceptable. So um, like if say we're doing a, a Telegram group or we're doing say a live webinar, you know maybe state the rules ahead of time. Hey, this is the time we're going to do a Q and A, so don't ask questions before that. Save your questions to this time. Um, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't post links to your business. Don't swear, etc. Um, some functions, like if you have, say, if you're doing comments in your WordPress site or some or uh, live chat, you can um, moderate comments like automatically. So you can maybe blacklist some keywords. Um, you can blacklist links, things like that. So you can even do that in Telegram. You can blacklist links and things like that. So I'd say like have a, a, like maybe a moderator there just to make sure that nothing, no spam is happening. Um, and then um, maybe have some, some automatic kind of rules in place uh, beforehand. Uh, but I mean, for the most part, I think people that are coming are coming be for the right intentions. Obviously, you're gonna always going to have a couple of trolls online, but I think it's pretty easy to, to manage them. Cool. Oh, thank you very much for the uh, tips on creating webinars and uh, virtual events. I mean, I think right now, because of the COVID situation, a lot of uh, event companies are, you know, feeling a lot of the pain at the moment because they can't have physical events. So this type of uh, advice, I think, would encourage a lot of people to, you know, start webinars and all these stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for having me on. In the next episode, we have Dr. Aaron Smith who's an associate professor at the Edith Cohen University and specializes in disaster emergency response. She'll be talking to us about the current state of the first responders and the healthcare workers and their mental health during this COVID situation. So stay tuned for the next episode. Hi, this is your host, Takatoshi Shibayama. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. Now, if you enjoyed or disliked the show, please let me know by writing in the comment section. The only way I can improve or add value to you is through your voices. If there are any topics that you'd like me to pick up, please also let me know in the comments. I'd love to start chatting with you all. And if you would like to continue watching the show, please subscribe. Thank you.